Consciousness is always evolving and our present perception becomes our conscious reality. Is life happening for you or is it happening to you? A life of authenticity is a life of skillfully practicing your values. You are perfectly human and even when we stumble, we still stumble forward. If you seek truth and move in love, then your family. I invite you to have a seat at our table. You are listening to an authentic outlier, the nocturnal therapist himself, Harry Turner. My question was, so whenever you're forgiving and forgetting or you're, you're burying that person, so to speak, or forgetting, how do you handle when you still have associations with the circle of that person? You know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. for example, if you're, you're scrolling on Facebook and you see the person that you may have ill feelings towards pop up on a friend's news feed or whatever you just have you you're still constantly having a reminder of the individual that you've already put behind you mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. as it pertains to you know context is important in this but the the principle behind it is the same that you limit your exposure to triggers which are these these uh, strong emotions a strong allergic emotional reaction to a previous traumatic experience. If you haven't had previous trauma and this situation is reminding you of that previous trauma, then you're not being triggered. You may be irritated or whatever, but the word trigger is being overused in society right now, just like so many other words that people don't understand. But I just wanted to put that out there real quick because I want to keep that word, you know, Disclaimer. Yeah, disclaimer. It may not be a trigger. It may not be a trigger. There, there you go. Exactly. There we go. There we go. So how do you put it behind? You start to uh, nip things in the bud. For me, I have no problem snoozing somebody indefinitely on Facebook, you know? And so if I snooze that person and let's say their circle begins to pop up with uh, pictures of, of, of a trigger, if they're presenting a trigger, because I'm, I'm, I'm making it objective like that for me, and I'm asking myself, what is the healthiest thing? That's I always ask myself this. What is the healthiest choice I can make for myself right now? And so if I feel an emotional reaction, which means I, there's an interpretation there of something that somebody else is doing in my circle, reminding me of the original trigger being that person I disconnected from, then they also are going to get snoozed indefinitely from off of Facebook. So I will block every single person off of Facebook until I can resolve this inner conflict within myself towards that person, period, you know? So how long How long do you think that that would take? I mean, I'm sure it's going to vary depending on the person, but how long do you think that you would need to refrain from revisiting? Mm-hmm. It depends on the length really depends on person to person, whether we determine the length based off of how often we are reacting to that situation as a trigger. What I mean by that is it it goes with the rule intentionality reflects relationship. I say that all the time. Intentionality reflects relationship that which you are intentional to responding to 
you're strengthening as you respond and react. You're saying that that is what's real for me, because why would you respond to it if it wasn't real? And so as you're continually to let the universe know that this is what your reality consists of based off of your willingness and consistency with responding to said stimulus, that makes it really and strengthens the connection. So what I'm saying is that the more you react to a situation, wherever attention goes, energy flows, you know, whatever you stare at. Exactly. I love that. I love that phrase. Every time I hear you say it, like that, it puts everything into. I probably need to recite that at least once time, one time in the morning, one time in the afternoon, mm-hmm. and one time before I go to bed. I probably need to recite that because that's so key to like all of our responses and reactions. Whatever attention goes, whatever attention goes, right? Mm-hmm. Energy flows. Yeah, wherever attention goes, energy flows. And everything that we that we look when we look around, everything that consists of matter is is made up of energy. We know Einstein, which it's been that formula has been disputed since, but I'm still going to use it because it's it's germane to our conversation. So E equals MC squared. Everything is made up of energy. All right. The things, the objects that we see consist of the strongest or most dense amounts of energy consolidated into one place. The wood that we see, the house, the trees, everything that we see, energy, dense energy in one specific location. And so as we stare at this situation, even though it's not a it's not physically in front of us, it's not physically happening in real time. What happens, though, is still our mind doesn't have to be physically present in the situation. We don't have to be physically present in the situation to actually live in that situation, it's merely stimulus. It's merely a stimulus, you know? And so even though we don't have to be physically present, our mind can be present. Just like when I tell you to think of Pepsi, you don't have to be holding a Pepsi in order to see the Pepsi and think about through all your senses, how it tastes, you know, and how you would feel drinking a Pepsi or a Coke or whatever, you know? And so when we think about this situation that's so upsetting, we're putting energy towards that. And the more energy we put towards that, the more it manifests in the physical. Now, how does it manifest in the physical? Not maybe in physically like they teleport in front of us, but physically in the form of we start to do damage to our bodies. The anxiety is there. Yeah, You see, you don't have to, you know, and I tell my people this all the time, you know, I said, just because there's no bear in a room doesn't mean that you can't convince yourself that there's a bear in the room. The mind can convince itself of anything, including that it's in danger when it has no danger around. You know, that's why I love that quote. I got that from, uh, I think, Another Earth or something like that. I think that was the name of a movie with Will Smith and his son. But he said, danger is a reality. Make no mistake about that. Danger is a reality, but fear is a choice, you know? And so it's literally those things that we are afraid of, like fear that we could fall into another state like that again, fear that that will be judged based off of who we are not, based off of the way that we were acting in that space because of the triggers that that were uh, set off. The fear that people will, you know, think less of us, you know, these types of things we respond to because it triggers our shame. But we got to remember our shame represents not who we are, but who we are not. That's why we're so repulsed by it. And yeah. So your conviction, your conviction, 
conviction, what you're convicted about is really not who you are. You know that it was basically you acting out. Mm-hmm. Exactly. You were not who you were in that who you are in that moment. Because in that moment, you were in a fight or flight state. Guarantee. Pretty much every single time one of these situations happened, you were in a fight or flight state where you felt that you were going to lose something. For example, you can convince yourself that if a person breaks up with you, for example, in a romantic relationship, if a person breaks up with you, that'll be the end of your life. You can't convince yourself that that is true. Of course, we know that that's not true because, you know, they're not even Siamese twins, you know, that, that, that that's the case. But literally, we can convince ourselves that if we lose this or such or if we don't have this or such, that life is over. During the Great Depression, when so many wealthy people lost all of their wealth, they were leaping out of buildings. Suicide rates skyrocketed. Why? Because they assumed that they could not live a life outside of wealth. And they convinced themselves of that. So understand when our fear, our fear is definitely our own creation and illusion. There is a healthy dose of fear when it comes down to responding to the physical environment. If you physically see a bear in front of you, then, you know, fear does a great job of motivating you and, and setting off the chemical reaction so that you can either uh, fight or flight, run, which you're going to run or sit still, whatever it is you, that you got to do to survive that, play possum. You know, but when it comes down to us being us and moving forward in life, stumbling forward in life, our fear has no place in that space because it erodes away our faith. And we 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 most certainly have to feed our faith so that our doubt in ourselves starves to death. The only reason why we fell into that situation to begin with is because we didn't see ourselves clearly. And so we lowered ourselves. We engaged in lower frequency activities which then led us to behave in a way that didn't truly represent our values, who we truly are, you know? And so you got to have that bad memory. You got to make sure that, that you are able to detach yourself from who you are not so that you can continue to travel towards who you are. And I understand how difficult it is. A lot of us with the carrying of the shame, our shame causes us to stare at it constantly. But you got to remember, again, wherever attention goes, energy flows. Whatever you stare at becomes your reality and perception is reality. So if all you allow yourself to perceive are your mistakes, then eventually you convince yourself that you're the mistake. And that's when shame set in. And then you got to find yourself. You got to crawl yourself out of that ditch of hopelessness and disparity and self-loathing and self-hatred. Does that make sense to you? Yeah, it makes plenty of sense. Where attention goes, energy flows. And the way you answered my question was, basically, you would have to make yourself a priority in that situation. Mm-hmm. So it's not, it's no offense to anybody if you stop seeing them or responding to things that they're doing. Because I think people take this social media thing very, very seriously. If you're not interacting with them, if you're not liking and all of those things, I think people begin to take those things personally and take it as a jab to them. Mm -hmm. But really and truly, people don't know what you have experienced or why you're, you know what I mean, stepping back. Mm -hmm. So I think that's important to the point that you stress is important to make yourself a priority over those things because Mm -hmm. it's about your healing, your comfortability, not the people on Facebook that you never see and that you never interact with outside of Facebook. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Precisely. I'm, I'm glad the way that you dressed that up and put that in that box for me, because yes, I most certainly was saying all of that, you know, but I know I have my own way of saying it. 
So, but yeah. yeah, so, so number two, we went, number one was make sure that you have a new, fresh new pair of Nikes to get shit done. Number two is make sure that you express gratitude for having a bad memory. When it comes down to having a bad memory, all I'll say that is that I'm so grateful for my sketchy memory because I, I sit in, when I experience pain, you know, again, stumbling forward. When I experience pain, I lean into that discomfort. I lean into that discomfort because I know that there's a truth there that I did not uh, either acknowledge or that I am unaware of that then served as my ignorance served as a stumbling block for me. And so I lean into my discomfort long enough to understand the lesson that's there so I can see the truth. Once I get that truth, I no longer need that situation. It, it has no more value to me. It has no more relevance to me. And so it no longer, there's no reason for me to continue to hold on to it. There's no reason for me to continue to look at it. It's like, bum, okay, got the lesson. Bam, move it on with life. I ran in front of bees before got stung up. Okay, all right, I'm feeling this pain right now. Don't run in front of bees. Bam. You know, same thing when it comes that's down. something that needs addressing. There's something that needs addressing. Yes, yes. The, the self, not all pain, but most, much of our pain is, is uh, self-chosen suffering. And again, my favorite author, Khalil Gibran, said, pain is the breaking of the shell that encloses our understanding. So in this life, understand you get one of two things. Either you get knowledge or you get pain that brings about knowledge. Mm. And if you don't get the knowledge that the pain that you experience was supposed to get give you, which is to say, if you don't lean into that pain and that discomfort and understand how you got there, you'll go through that same pain again and again and again until you get you some understanding and knowledge. So that's why I preach leaning into your discomfort. That's why I teach leaning into your discomfort, because I don't want to repeat the same thing the same. I don't want to experience the same pain that I've experienced in the past. And I and I really don't have a desire for anybody else to experience that pain. Like I wouldn't wish that type of stuff on my worst enemy. And so I know that the only way that I can ensure that that or minimize the likelihood of this same situation presenting itself in a different way is to lean into that discomfort. Knowing that I'll be okay, knowing that at any point I can choose to decide differently and move in a different way, you know? And so this, I just remembered exactly what I wanted to say, Thea. So bad memory. I went to a seminar some years back. It was the Habits of Healthy People, a CEU event uh, that I went to as a social worker. And the speaker uh, and researcher, he said that one of the habits of healthy people, they have bad memories. They have, uh, I think, uh, they have poor, poor short term memory, I think it is. And, and, and please don't quote me on that, but it, it's regarding the memory being poor, either short or long term, one of them. But the memory is poor in some area, which then allows them to bounce back from setbacks much quicker than most other folk. Again, whatever you stare at becomes a reality. All right. So number three. Again, number one was Nikes to get shit done. Two was express gratitude if you have a poor memory. And number three is you got to have, you got to. You must have a strong and healthy heart. You must have a strong and healthy heart. And so, Thea, what do you what do you think I mean by having a strong and healthy heart in order to survive stumbling forward? I was just about to ask you. Well, please do. In, in correlation to the heart in the Bible, the heart can be deceitful, and the heart is related to the mind. So when I think about a healthy heart, I think about feeding yourself good things because your mind could be deceiving you. Mm -hmm. So 
what what is it that you do mean by this? Yes. And so we feed out our stuff. Uh, we feed our mind positive thoughts so that it can align with the heart. And so understand that the longest distance any of us will ever travel is the distance between our heads and our hearts. From our heads to our hearts. It is the heart that that in the body that has the wisdom, it carries the wisdom, the generational wisdom of our ancestors, of everyone's ancestors. The body has infinite wisdom inside of it. And the heart is the center of that. Up until recently, it's been taught that the mind believed that the body, and it does, still does, the mind believes that the body is an extension of it. When in reality, the body created the mind in order to navigate through this physical world. That's why we rely on it so much on a day-to-day basis. It, it was literally created so that we could navigate this world and not like die, you know, or not just intentionally just walk off a cliff unbeknownst to us because we thought we would bounce off of it, you know? So that's what the mind is for, but it, it is an extension of the body, you know, where it believes that it should be the vanguard. And so what happens is, is that because we rely more and more on the mind, which is fear rooted, it is avoidance based. We strengthen up our communication with the mind. And at the same time, the communication that we have with our heart lessens. I preach or, or talk about meditation. I really encourage people to, to embrace meditation because it's during those times that I had like a strong meditation practice that I was actually communicating. I didn't realize I was strengthening the relationship with my heart because I was being intentional about responding and listening to the wisdom of the heart whenever I meditate. And as I strengthened that, I realized that in the heart, what, what it carries also is my values, which represents who I truly am. And when I operate from the space of harmony, of any inner harmony and being centered, I have never, I cannot recall ever making a poor choice whenever I've been completely centered and operating from my heart space. I can't really say that my heart has led me wrong in that. But so your values and your principles being on the forefront of your mind mm-hmm. with things like practicing meditation, affirmations also have proven to do stuff like that. Mm-hmm. So, so that's what keeps you in alignment, focused, mm-hmm. making those good decisions, operating as your higher self and making less of those unhealthy decisions for yourself, like scrolling on Facebook and, and, and mm-hmm. stalking people and, Mm-hmm. Exactly. Trying to see how what your ex did and this and that. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, stuff like that. And understand, like when we meditate, what's happening is the mind is is choosing to or we are choosing to communicate with the heart, which strengthens the the connection between the mind and the heart. And then the heart can communicate to the mind and say and, and allow it to understand that it is not supposed to lead. It is supposed to take the orders from the heart. But every time the mind leads, that's when we end up stumbling. But we stumble forward whenever we get back to our heart space. And so what I mean by that, the mind leading, how do you know the mind is leading? If it is fear based, then it is mind. And if it becomes a need that is not actually a true human need, then it is the mind because the mind can still use your own values against you to have what it wants gained, you know. But again, that's that's the thing that wants whenever you get caught up on these wants. I want this. I want that. 
these wants, that's the mind. Even if it sounds like a good thing, you know, if it sounds like a healthy thing, a values-based thing, whenever you get in that space of wanting, that wanting creates suffering because wanting to want is by definition, you saying, I lack. When you say I want, by definition of what want is, you're saying that you are lacking something that is necessary. And so you are putting out there into the universe, into that space, you are aligning your aura to that of lack and that which you project out, you attract right back to you. And so what returns to you is more want, the experience of more want and more lack and more frustration for not having that which you want. Does that make sense? Yeah. Yeah. So we may think that something is a need, for example, just in like, I guess because we use romantic relationships earlier. So you may think that you need an individual to be there with you in order for you to survive and to thrive in life. But really, that's just your heart or that's just your mind Mm -hmm. doing what it does and deceiving you into believing that there's no possible way that you can go on leaving you in that state. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And the mind understands I mean, uh, the heart understands the true reason for the relationship to begin with, which is to learn from the other. Do you tell your time what to do or does your time tell you what to do? Are you living or are you merely existing? Are you constantly reacting or are you responding to life? Mixed beliefs create confusion. Confusion creates a life of stagnation. Desire change? Visit www.com becomeanoutlier.com slash about. That is www.becomeanoutlier becomeanoutlier.com slash about. A-B-O-U-T. To start your journey. Stay tuned for more episodes and keep listening to the nocturnal therapist himself, Harry Turner.